Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before the episode, we want to give a special shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Jessica, Isabel, Ty, Claudia, Brittany, and Andra. We appreciate you and your support and the things that your support lets us do at The Sartorial Geek. If you want to join them and check out the really fun rewards and different goals that we have going on, you can head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek and find all the info there. We also still have some events and conventions happening for the rest of this year. So if you want to see where we'll be, you can head to the calendar at sartorialgeek.com and check that out. This week's episode is sponsored by Logan Arch. Logan Arch is the place to go if you're looking for geeky accessories that also feel a little bit nostalgic. So Pokemon fans, there's definitely something for you. They have pins, apparel, bags, stickers, office goods, basically everything you could want. And it's all well-designed and nerdy and reminds you of your childhood faves, which is something I absolutely love. To start shopping, you can head to loganartschicago.com or follow them online at loganartschicago. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Denae, and I'm so excited to be talking to Eugene Myers today. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, the second of our, we're, we're sort of talking to a bunch of people at Cereal Box in celebration of the Orphan Black. Uh, is it called, do you call each thing a cereal or series or? We call them, we call them a series, I guess. Yeah, because we're sort of following the, the television um, uh, nomenclature. So we call it a series and every story is an episode and, um, each, each series has a season, you know, things like that. I think that's so cool. I was talking to Lindsay on the most recent episode a little bit about that, but it's, it's such a cool, like combination of like podcasts and audio drama and TV and story. Like the, the version that comes out of cereal box is super, super cool. Yeah, it's so it's so cool. You would you would have thought someone would have come up with it sooner. <laughs> I love when that happens when you're like, "How is this not already happening?" Okay, great, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. And you are one of the authors that has worked on multiple stories that have come out of Serial Box. Yes, yes, I've worked on three three series so far. So you you write stories for cereal box, but you also write like more traditional stories too, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, so, so first of all, my, I have a day job, so I'm not a full-time fiction writer yet, but, uh, I also write young adult novels primarily. And then I also write young adult science fiction and fantasy short stories. So I've, I've done a lot of different things. That's awesome. Is it super different writing for a serial or like an audio story or is it like pretty similar to writing like traditional stories? It's, um, I think that having a background in writing short fiction helps a lot because it is a very compact, uh, you know, uh, piece. Like it has a, it has a, you know, maybe 10,000 words. So that's a pretty, you have to be able to write at that, at that word length. Um, but then also having a novel background, uh, a novelist background, you know, each season essentially is a novel. When you put all the stories together, it's like a novel's worth or more of, of stories. So you have to have an eye, eye to that kind of pacing as well. Thinking about like 
the uh, plot arc, the character development and things like that. And so those, those are all things that we um, consider when we're planning out a season of a show and then breaking things down to individual episodes. Uh, writing for Cerebox is unique in that, uh, you know, most of the, my other fiction I've, I've done on my own for the most part. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll draft it, I'll revise it on my own, and then and then I'll have editors, uh, you know, agents, uh, beta readers, friends who give me feedback, and I kind of it's kind of collaborative in that way because I, I can revise a story with other people's uh, feedback. But writing a serial for Serial Box is is extremely collaborative. Uh, we all get together and we plan out the series and the season and then the characters and the episodes together and then we kind of all, all go off we outline everything everything has to has to sync up you know so we could you know one it's not quite a you know passing off the baton where somebody's writing a story and then someone picks it up we're all writing concurrently and everything has to match up with what we outlined for the most part and then we have to talk a lot to make sure that you know, everything is lining up the way that we need it to for the plot, for the characters. So it's, it's very challenging, but it's also a really, really exciting way to write. So is it more like writing, like being like a TV show writer than like a, cause that's how, that's how TV shows work, right? Or it's sort of like a writer's room and everyone yeah. comes up with ideas and puts them together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's exactly the, the cereal box model. Uh, I've never had the joy of writing for a television show proper. Although I, I when I, before I started writing short stories and the novels, I, I really wanted to be a TV writer. So this has been the perfect gig for me because it really brings together, you know, the best of both worlds, but I don't have to live in a certain place. I can do it from home, you know, um, That's awesome. Yeah, but when we started out, so I so remade was one of the fir- is uh, the first ser- series that I worked on for Serial Box, and it was one of the the first serials that they did, and so that really kind of set the tone for helped to set the tone for everything that followed, uh, book burners and remade those early shows that we worked on, um, and we absolutely used the TV TV writers room model. Uh, you know, we all get together in one location for three days, and you're sitting in that room and you're hashing out. What is our plot? You know, who are these characters? What are their relationships to each other? Uh, you know, what's the series arc? You know, planning beyond just season one. How many seasons is this going to be? How do we how do we pace that? Um, then how do we break it down into ten, you know, twelve or thirteen episodes? And then who's going to write those episodes? So so we all try to get on the same page. We take we we use a lot of index cards uh, that we stick up. Uh, we use a lot of like whiteboards and things like that. We take a ton of notes. And we all kind of try to get on the same page so we have a good understanding of what we're trying to do together. And then we go off and we write our outlines individually and we share those outlines, you know, over, over Skype. And then we, we kind of nail those down and then we go off and write our first drafts and then we talk again. So at every stage of the process, we're, we're reading each other's work and then coming together again to talk about it and making adjustments to, so that they all feel like a cohesive thing. Um, you know, we all have different writing styles. We all have different, um, skills and things that we're really good at. And it sort of all balances out in the end. Um, and it, and it is really exciting. Like, I feel like you save a ton of time. Like if I were writing a novel, if I was writing this many words on my own, I would probably write a first draft and then I would have to get some feedback and revise it. And maybe it didn't quite work. And so I'd have to try a different approach and all that other stuff. But when you have like five or six people in the room who are all, at the top of their their writing game, you, and, and all really good at different things, uh, you save a lot of time because everyone 
can kind of zero in on what is the best way to tell this particular story and handle these particular characters. Um, so we kind of run through every iteration of how the story could go until we come up with the one that really feels right. That's so cool. I, I'm a huge, uh, I'm, I'm very, very into collaborative projects. Like almost everything I do is collaborative. And I mm -hmm. think I agree with you that I think it's so cool when you get so many like talented creative brains on one project when you when you've done projects alone and then in a group like that it's so different mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I agree i think that's so cool to like have that many people and brains like working at the same time to get something really awesome yeah definitely and when it and it, and it works it works really well um unfortunately all the serial serials that i've worked on have gone very well. Like we have really great teams who all interact with each other. Uh, well, like there's not really, there isn't an ego in the room. Like nobody is like a prima donna about their work. That's amazing. Yeah, because you have to think about what's the best way to tell the story. It's not about me or my ideas. Um, it's not about like my precious words or anything like that. And we, all, we often preface things like when we're brainstorming, because sometimes we're just spitballing stuff. Sometimes we'll brainstorm and we'll, we'll preface things by saying like, this may be a terrible idea, but, <laughs> but what if? And that gives you permission to like put out your most outrageous ideas without feeling the pressure of like, oh, they're going to make fun of me or they're, you know, they're going to think I'm an idiot, you know, or just feeling embarrassed because, you know, you're all it's a safe space, you know, to, to, to come up with ideas in, but, you know, collaborative writing isn't, isn't for everyone. I think I, I was fortunate because I had done a couple of work, uh, work for hire projects where, um, I collaborated with a team to come up with a story and then I went off and wrote it. Um, and that experience I think put me in a good place to, to collaborate on a larger scale with other writers. Um, you know, sometimes you have writers who collaborate with just like one or two other people and, and, depending on the relationship that may or may not work very well, but we're talking about five or six people plus, plus with something like, uh, so with our serials we have, then we have producers, you know, who are also involved with the show. And then with something like orphan black or some of the other IP projects that serial box has been doing, you then also have studio approval. Um, so there are a lot of people who all have, uh, there are a lot of stakeholders. There are a lot of people who have a say in how the story should develop and you have to make them all happy. And then you also have to be happy with like what you're producing. So it's, it can be a really tricky balancing act. Plus the really tight deadlines, you know, again, the writing collaboratively, um, those deadlines are manageable because you have five people writing half of the show, half of the season, you know, at the same time, as opposed to if you had one writer who was writing 10 episodes, you know, so we usually break it up into different phases and each of us ends up writing maybe two or three episodes over the season. And it's spread out enough that nobody is like working back to back on episodes or feeling too overworked. Um, and then at some point you're in multiple phases where you're revising, you're writing a new episode, you're revising a previous episode, you're doing copy edits on like another one that's about to, you know, quote air. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. Just it's, it's definitely, it's a juggling, juggling act. I mean, I think that's a testament to how good your team is because mm -hmm. that that many people working on one project and having it go well, like, is so impressive, especially, I mean, yeah, like you were saying about, you know, having IP, like for the Orphan Black, it has to align with what the studio wants and then, you know, what the fans want and then yeah. what the creative team wants. That's a really, really hard job. 
Yes, <laughs> I think we did. I think we did a good one, but it's definitely it can definitely be challenging. And and yeah, we're working on Orphan Black has been a little bit different from uh, my other two serials, which were Remade and Alternus, because those were all uh, like the person who kind of created the show, or at least came up with the idea, was in the room with us, and we only really had to kind of please the producer, you know, uh, on on that project. Um, you know, and then we have editors. We have editors who have feedback, and then sometimes even like later in the game, we'll we'll have. Um, first readers and they'll give us some feedback sometimes which help us to kind of refine the episode so there's lots of stages where we're we're kind of adjusting things to make them uh you know make it as good as possible in a tight uh time frame um it's it's very exciting you know it can be stressful but it's also like really exciting way to work it's a really different way to work too that's so awesome i know that orphan black when this episode comes out will be like just beginning to air uh so i know there isn't like a ton that you could talk about with that but could you tell us about the other two uh serial stories that you worked on sure um let's see so my first one was called remade and that's uh we did two seasons of that there there should be a third season but uh we haven't scheduled that yet um but it was about a group of teenagers who all die at at roughly the same moment and they all reappear in this other place and they don't know where they are um, or even when they are, if they're on the same planet, you know, or, or whatever. And so the sh- story is about them um, discovering where they are, why they're there and the things that link them, like the fact that they all died at the same moment and they all died in different ways. You know, one of the characters um, committed suicide, another one was in a car accident, another one had a heart attack, you know, all these different things but they all appeared in the same place. And uh, without spoiling too much, it's like, it's a very futuristic, like science fictional setting where um, as they're trying to figure all this stuff out, they're also being hunted by killer robots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, and then, That's on top, awesome. yeah. And then on top of all that, you have, you know, teenage trauma, you know, you've got, uh, they've all kind of come back and they've been remade better, really better than they were before. They're sort of like the perfect version of, of uh, at least physically what they could, what they could have been. So some of them maybe had, um, you know, injuries that are gone now and, and things like that. So it's really interesting exploring their identity, like what they thought, who they, who they thought they were. And then also the fact that they all had these plans for their future that are now, um, completely irrelevant, you know, they have to figure out like what their purpose is now or whether they can even go back home, you know, can they resume their old, their old lives? So there's a lot of really great character stuff in, in that season series. And, uh, yeah, we did two seasons and I think I wrote about six episodes for, for it over that period of time. Really on that one in particular, we had, we started out with a large cast and then the characters started dying off pretty quickly until we focus on our, on our main cast. And so I primarily wrote, uh, two of the characters Inez and, uh, and this kid who calls himself Loki. Uh, he's like a gamer. So that's like his, his gamer tag. And, uh, so, so, so in that sense, we had some consistency in voice, you know, because some of the other series that we've worked on, you have different authors who have different styles and yet somehow they all have to feel like part of the same, same show, you know? That's a really cool way to do it. Like, yeah, that right. one, that one it worked, a character, it worked really that's well. really cool. And we used, uh, we used Lost as kind of a model for that one because oh, you know, it's, a cool. similar, it's a similar sort of setup. You have this group of people who've come together and um, they're figuring out like where they are. And so we also borrowed that whole flashback setup where you get to learn about their lives before they arrived at this place. Um, so that was a really, that was a really fun, fun series to work on. Um, and then my most recent one, which actually came out, came out this year as well, is called Alternus. Um, that's A-L-T-E-R-N-I-S. And Alternus is the name of this game world 
and uh, it basically, it's it's semi it's 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 definitely it's a future. It's almost near future, but it's sort of this virtual reality uh, multi. So if you know the term MMORPG, it's like a multi uh, multiplayer game where everyone in the in the world has uh, every country has put four players into this game to work out disputes and uh you know issues and uh come up with like trade agreements and things like that so that they can do it non-violently you know everything that happens in the game has a real world impact and so the main story the character the characters that we're writing uh follow the american team and one of the characters is actually um a game developer who had been working on a video game called alternus and the ai that they used to kind of build this world stole um, assets from her game to create this, Whoa. like to, uh, to sort of generate this, this new uh, challenge for, for everyone who's playing it. And she stumbles into that. And then the, the uh, government realizes that she actually created, you know, the, the core of this game. So they recruit her because that should give them an advantage, uh, you know, against their competitors. And um, so, so that, that's sort of like, um, they have to do game type missions. There's like a, a an end goal where they have to defeat a boss, but they have to level up before they can reach that point. And she's also trying to figure out like, you know, how this game came about, how much of it is different from what she created. And there's like other things happening that, you know, and the, each of the characters also has their own motivations, their own problems and things that they're working through while they're engaged in the game. That's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I love really hearing fun. about like all the I I feel like there are so many cool stories happening right now that are like a bunch of different genres that we love sort of combined in an interesting way. And that sounds exactly like that, which is awesome. Yeah. And for me, it's it's perfect because um, I'm also a I'm also a gamer. Like I mostly play old school like retro games, but I also play some modern games. And so when this project came along, I, ha- I knew I had to be a part of it because it's bringing together writing and gaming and science fiction and, and you know, Cereal Box. I, and I've loved working on, on series with Cereal Box. So, um, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, I have to I have to do this. That's so cool. I, the, I think that's just, yeah, like the coolest thing is that Cereal Box as a, as a company, like the way that those stories combine all of these different like types of media that we love and then the stories themselves combine all of these different genres that we love that's just that's so great i love i love finding out about because i actually hadn't heard of cereal box until earlier this year so like you said like finding an idea that seems so perfect like how mm-hmm. has this not been done before but then finding it and you're like this is everything i love yeah. <laughs> together it's so great yeah and now there's um there's been more in the last year or so last couple of years there's been more of a podcast element to it because they've been um they've all they've been they had always been producing like really good audio versions of the stories so you really can consume the media however however you you prefer you can read it on your phone you can put it on your tablet um, you, or you can listen to the to the audio version, but then it really in the last year or so they've been really making each episode into kind of its own like audio drama, and and that's really going to is I've, I've listened to the first episode of Orphan Black, which is narrated by Tatiana Maslany, and she's amazing, you know, and so hear, amazing, and oh to my hear God. her putting your words to life, you know, especially because she she is those characters, um, is is really is really amazing. So I think that a lot of people are discovering. 
Cereal uh, Box through the podcast. And I think a lot of people are discovering it through the Orphan Black, you know, interest in Orphan Black. And then, of course, they've got the Marvel uh, properties coming in now, and I think DC as well. So, um, you know, I think those intellectual properties are going to be an inroads into Cereal Box where people will discover that there's all this other great stuff because it really is something for everyone. Um, you know, if you like, period uh historical fantasies or you know romance or spy thrillers or just a contemporary like urban fantasy like there's something for everyone and they've been doing a bunch of like classics too like peter pan and you know uh things like that so it's it's yeah once you sign up like there's i mean you you can get every there's a bunch of free stuff in there too but you can get the individual seasons but there's there's like definitely going to be something that that everyone will would be able to enjoy i think that's so great too because sometimes like sometimes something like this will only do like one type of genre. So you're like, Oh, I love the concept of this company, but like, I'm not super into sci-fi for example, or I'm not super into like, you know, period stories or like, this isn't the right age that mm-hmm. I'm super into. But I, I think it's really impressive that there are so many different stories that, yeah, they're like literally is something for everyone, which is so cool. Yeah. And, and they finally, they've built up a really nice catalog of stuff. Cause you know, again, when we started, I think there was, um, it was book burners, which is fantastic. Um, I think they just, they just wrapped their last uh, season. So that shows, that shows over, uh, they had Tremontan, um, and remade. And then I think, you know, the, the, there were a couple, there was like a cold war one, which Lindsay worked on. So there, there were like four or five different shows early on. And it's, it's harder for people to kind of buy into it when they were like, well, I'm not really interested in any of these, but now there's probably like 20 something different series on there. I made that number up, but I think it's probably at least 20. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've even just the ones we've mentioned so far is a lot, which is awesome. And it's so cool to like, I know that the, the Marvel and DC stories are coming, but I think that's such a cool way to, I always think it's really amazing when companies give like pay attention to fans and give because fans are so important. Like fans are the supporters and like the reason that companies can exist. So mm-hmm. when when people pay attention to that, I think that's amazing. So like giving fans more of something that they love that like Orphan Black, for example, the show's over. Yeah. So like there is no more content except now there is and that's so cool like it's not done yeah and whoever would have thought that first of all that orphan black would come back in any form yeah let alone something like this where which didn't exist you know when when orphan black was running there was no cereal box you know so it's it's definitely it's uh and it's and i think that's really cool too because orphan black was so like edgy and like ahead of the curve and cereal box is i think the same way um, and Orphan Black, I think, took a little while to find its audience, you know, and I'm hoping that that this is going to go both ways, that Orphan Black fans will find Cereal Box and Cereal Box fan, fans will find Orphan Black, because that's such a criminally under, under scene. Oh, man, well. what a treat. Yeah, if anyone listening has not watched Orphan Black yet, I'm so jealous because you get to experience yeah. that show for the first time. It's amazing. And, it, and Tatiana and it, is amazing. Yeah. And Orphan Black is one of those, those few shows that sticks the landing, you know, it's, yeah. hard, to, it's hard to, to, um, you know, to raise the stakes so high and to have all these questions out there and then still be, and somehow be able to deliver on all of that and not only deliver on it from a plot perspective, but then also from the perspective where you feel fulfilled in where the characters end up. Like it feels like they came to a natural place. 
Um, but Orphan Black, I think what was working against it was like BBC America was still kind of kind of mm-hmm. new at doing shows at the time. And the only way to watch it was if you had BBC America or you paid to subscribe to it, uh, like, you know, on, uh, you know, vid- video streaming, which is what I did because I didn't have BBC America, but I watched I watched the first season and I was hooked. And like when I still had cable, I watched it. And then from there on, I just was buying it from season to season, you know? Yeah. I think that's what I did too. I like bought them on Amazon, I think, but I know that's hard. Like we're so used to just being able to binge something as it comes out. Yeah. So I, I mean, fans yeah, are I lucky right. now because they can watch it all, all at once. And I think if you have Amazon prime, I think you can stream it all for free now. Free, you know, quotation marks. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, it, you're, you're not buying it from season to season, you know, the way I had to do. <laughs> and I think it's cool too. Like I know a lot of, I know a lot of like, old favorites are getting reboots or like are being revised now, but it's so nice that orphan black didn't end that long ago. Like this isn't like the 20 years later, we're finally getting like more. It's like, Oh, fans are still like the show only just ended in that sense. So it's not like we were kids (laughs) and, and now the show's finally coming back. It's nice that there's something to come back like this soon. Yeah. And it's such a great, such a great premise. It's such great characters. Like the fact that we were able to do a story with the original characters is, is terrific. Um, there was yeah. a, there was a Canon, uh, comic book follow-up to the series, um, called crazy science, which was written by Helly Kennedy, who's actually one of the writers on, on the serial as well. Um, so she was, she was invaluable, uh, to us in that she just knows those characters so well. And she had a strong, uh, sense of the continuity, especially like post post series, um, and she also kind of knew like had a good sense of what the studio would want, you know, um, as well. So she had she had insights uh, that helped us out. Um, so so they've kept the intellectual property alive, and and uh, they are very particular about you know preserving it its integrity, you know. So they're not just selling it out to like anyone who's going to just slap you know Orphan Black onto it. Um, so so the fact that they have let this happen and uh, have worked with us and have signed off, you know, on it is, is so great because we have like their seal of, their seal of approval with the, with the show. And hopefully the fans are going to love it as much as we've enjoyed writing it. Yeah. And I mean, talking again about like paying attention to fans and appreciating fans. I think that, I think that is hugely important because I, I think sometimes companies don't realize that like fans don't just want more, of the name they want they want more but they want the story that they fell in love with so just getting like you know just getting a continuation of an orphan black story with like the same names but no one paying attention to the details and like the story and the characters is not what fans want so i think i think that's awesome to know that people who loved that like they're in good hands with this and it's not just like slapping a a trademark on something it's like really really paying attention to what made that story great and keeping all of those things going is so cool yeah definitely and I'm, I'm really excited because since um tatiana is like narrating it like i yeah i can enjoy the episodes too like even though i i, yeah. helped, I, I read them and, and helped write them and wrote some of them myself you know i can listen to an episode that i wrote and it'll be an entirely different experience because it's it's acted you know and she was that show. I mean, the, the writing was incredible and she made that 
Yeah, what yeah. I mean, it was, you know, which I've, is so great. I've seen that some she fans who are sort of wishing, like, oh, well, we should have, you know, all the voice, uh, you know, have a full blown, like, audio drama version of this with you have all the, you bring all the actors back. Like, you know, I'd love to see Felix, you know, I'd love to see Donnie. And, uh, and yeah, I'm totally with them on that. But, you know, that's not quite within the, the scope of what we're doing. Um, but yeah, she definitely was, you know, really the, 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 the core of that. And, and the fact that we were able to get her involved with this was such a huge win. Like we're so happy that yeah. she's, she's part of it. Yeah, that's incredible. I remember when I first heard that this was coming back, I was like, okay. And then the next sentence was, and Tatiana's a part of it. I was like, okay, <laughs> then great. Yeah. That's all you want. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I don't think she would be, you know, she read, she read the, the series um, as well, you know, when she was considering it and I don't think she would be part of it if she didn't believe in it either. So. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that in and of itself is like a testament to how cool this project is, but well, I'm so Black, excited. Yeah. Orphan Black's always f- felt really connected to the fans. Like they have the, yeah. Club, right? Like they, they, the, the fans kept the show alive. Right. So I feel like they have, I think that part of, part of their protection of the uh, IP is also like wanting to make sure that the fans are going to get what they want, you know, because we don't want to disappoint them. That's so awesome. I, again, I I can't say this enough. I love, I love seeing people and companies pay attention to fans and appreciate them and like, give them the things that made them fans in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I am so, so happy um, that this is happening. I'm, I'm so happy for all the orphan black fans like this. What a gift. Like this doesn't happen often. And this yeah. is very, very cool. That's so great. Um, so we are like linking to all the places where people can join Sierra Box and find out more about it and follow it. Do you have like personal social medias that you want to share? <laughs> more than I should have. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sort of, I always say I'm all, all over the internet. Um, so I have a, a website, ecmyers.net, ecmyers.net. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter as ecmyers. And uh, I'm on Instagram, you know, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but those are the main places. So you, people can usually find me on, on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active over there. Awesome. Thank you so much for like giving us a little bit of a a deep dive into like the behind the scenes of, of writing and the stories that are out and coming out. This has been so, so cool. Thank you. I, I, you know, as you can tell, I love talking about writing and I could, I could go on for hours. So <laughs> this has been fun. No, that's awesome. A lot of listeners are either writing now or like aspiring to be writing more full time. So it's very, very cool to hear someone who's doing it. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And thank you all for listening and have a really great week. Bye.